Welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get your Bible and get ready to take some notes as we jump into another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast. I'm so glad that you are tuning in with us today. We have a special guest, Hosanna Wong, who is joining us. But go ahead and make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome as well. You're in for a treat today. But we have some ex- exciting things going on at uh, Devonair.me. You can go there and check out new Devonair merch, pick up the new fall edition of the magazine. And we also have new merchandise launched for the Mrs. Rev podcast that you can find at joeymiller.co. So if you uh, love some of our podcast phrases, like I'm anointed to do hard things and every darn day, we actually created merch for you. So go there and pick some up and you can be reminded all day long uh, that you're anointed, uh, that you're empowered to do everything that God has called you to do. So we're going to jump into God's word with our special guest who is a pastor, an author, a spoken word artist, just amazingly cool as well. Um, So with Hosanna Wong, I have one of her books. I have a new name uh, right in front of me if you're watching on YouTube. Also, she has just uh, released not too long ago, Super Added, which is a really great practical tool if you're doing a Bible study or if you just want to grow in your faith, that you could pick that up and, and learn about living and walking in an abundant life that God has for you. So, so good to have you, Hosanna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. I love those phrases you just said too, with your shirts. Those are so fun. What were they again? I'm anointed to do hard things. Oh, that's so good. And um, Every Darn Day, it's actually a podcast I did. um, I call it EDD. Uh, Every Darn Day, the the little things that you do every day to make good habits, to see progress in your life. Oh, that's so so powerful. I love that. Oh, so good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're going to chat a little bit today about all things. We we said we could talk about so many things, but we're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about uh, being a woman in ministry, all of those great, uh, wonderful callings that are upon our lives. So um, let's just talk a little bit uh, while I have the book. I have a new name. If you want to hit briefly just about the message of identity. I know that's a passion. It's kind of like your signature message that God has given you. If you want to speak into that, we talk a lot about identity on the podcast, and it's so important to know who you are in Christ and to walk in that calling. And um, once you realize that, uh, you know, it's game over, I feel like. Yeah. You know? so, so why don't you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, I Have a New Name was just birthed from the idea of me just trying to figure out what it means when people say your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. And sometimes we can hear that so much and it loses its power and meaning. And so I try to figure out what that meant. And in that, I realized that it means your name, who you are, is what God calls you Mm -hmm. and what you choose to answer to. And so I break it down in my book just about, we've answered to a lot of old names, a lot of wrong names, ugly, abandoned, garbage, second place, second rate, victim. We've answered to all these old names. When we answer to the wrong names, we start living the wrong lives. We we start to live the lives that we're answering to. But God calls us other names. He calls us his friend. He calls us his workmanship. He calls us his messenger, free, chosen. And when we start answering to those names, it changes how we live. When you answer to a new name, you start living a new life. And I break down in the book about how we have the power to choose the name we answer to. That's good. You can choose to answer to victim or you can choose to answer to victorious. Yeah. You can choose to answer to weak or you can choose to answer to warrior. Like you can choose the name you're answering to. And you start to 
live that life. It's not faking it till you make it. It's faithing it until you make it. Mm-hmm. You answer to the name and you start living up to that life. So it's all about who you are. And I think we all want to know who we are. Yeah. We're trying to figure it out. But in a world of unending and ever-changing opinions, how are we supposed to know? It's almost like God knew that we would spend our whole lives wondering who we were. He wrote all of his thoughts about us down in a place that wouldn't ever change. It's almost like he knew we would need something steady and sure to tell us who we are. That's so good. And I love that because, you know, as women talking woman to woman and to an audience that's mainly women, you know, I feel like a lot of times, like it's been in my own head that I've had to silence those voices yeah. and to settle my identity. Like it's one thing to hear it from outside sources and, and you know, that's one battle of, of walking in your identity. But, you know, that other part of me is like silencing my own voice yeah. and, and choosing to, to speak and, and believe good things of what God's word said about me in my own heart yeah absolutely in chapter two i talk about how our lives are just one giant soundboard you know if you ever ran tech at a church or a youth group or a concert there's soundboards with all these knobs and volume control levels and you are the producer for your life's mix you can turn up what you want to turn up you can turn down what you want to turn down but some of us are sitting back and letting the board just go on autopilot listening to whatever the world throws at us without taking control so of course we don't know who we are of course the noise is chaotic we have not taken control of our life's soundboard and you have more power than you know your life's more valuable than you know you have to take control you have there is no more time to waste we have got to know who we are so we can live the lives that God is calling us to live and I think the enemy is having a lot of victory in our lives by convincing us that we are lesser people than we are but if we knew how valuable we were if we knew how important our decisions were the enemy would be in trouble because we'd start living the lives we're called to live but it starts with identity we can't even hit on calling we can't even hit on on ministry we can't even hit on our jobs our families first we have to know who we are so from that place and abundance comes you know That's so, so I good. I'm passionate about it um, even in you know throughout my life I've answered to a lot of horrible names and started living a life I wasn't meant to but even in ministry mm-hmm. there were moments that convinced me that maybe I was still my old self wow. moments things that were said about me or done to me that maybe convinced me man maybe I'm Maybe I'm a fraud and maybe all those old names were true about me. Mm. And actually what I'm preaching now and who I am now is the, is wrong. You know, like there were moments when I doubted who I was and there was a pastor who said to me once walking through a horrible season in ministry, like since we're talking to a lot of women that are in leadership, this isn't just my before Christ story. Like even in the AD, I was having (laughs) some moments of maybe I really haven't changed. Maybe these people, these situations are just showing that I really that I really am my old self. And I remember a pastor saying to me, Hosanna, you haven't answered to those old names in a really long time. Those people have no idea who you are. Those circumstances have no victory in your life. You have not answered to those names in a long time. You do know who you are. And it was just a conviction. It challenged me. And I thought, you know what, he's right. And I got fire in my bones like I never had, determination in my spirit and focus in my vision like I've never had before. From that place came the spoken word piece, I Have a New Name. You can watch it on YouTube. The book, I Have a New Name, you can get on Amazon. It's also, you can watch the sermon for free on my website. Um, Any resource we can to tell people more of who they were really came from a hard season uh, that now the Lord has brought me through in victory and knowing who I am. I love what you said that it had to become a conviction to your heart, you mm-hmm. know, like that crossing over moment. Yeah. That totally. really if you didn't cross over and it become a cr- conviction which which you know, when I think of the conviction, I think of 
you know, when the Lord convicts me about something, it becomes holy to me. It becomes like untouchable. Like I'm not going to question that anymore. I'm not going to waver anymore. I know that if I waver or question, then I'm walking in disobedience. And not that the battle doesn't rage and you don't have to silence the voices, but when something uh, it, that you're convict, you have a conviction about it, you're steadfast in it. And, and you know, really... Uh, taking that word conviction uh, and applying it to your identity, I feel like it's so powerful, especially when it comes to women, that when we're convicted, when we're fully convinced that we are who God says that we are, then the enemy really loses his foothold Amen. because we have a position of victory. And unless we we align our thoughts and our words in agreement with who he says that we are, he has no place in our life to That's hold right. us back anymore. That's right. So, you know, crossing over to that point of, you know, maybe you're listening today and, and you've been wavering and you're thinking, well, you know, I'll walk in victory for a little bit. And then those thoughts creep in or the voices that creep in when you really let it become a you choose for it to become a conviction to your heart. And it's just at rest. And you're not if a thought comes, you cast it down, you open up your word and you agree with what God's word says is, is a powerful moment, mm -hmm. especially for any woman, but especially women who are answering the call to ministry. Absolutely. And how do we know sometimes people say things about us? Maybe they're right. How do we know the difference? And that's why it's so important to be putting other people's opinions and words and, you know, declarations over your life against the word of God. Mm -hmm. Is that also what God says about me? Because maybe this person's right. Maybe I was disrespectful. Yeah. Maybe what does the word of God say about how I should be living? You know, sometimes people are not only giving you lies. Sometimes they're giving you, you know, constructive criticism. So how do you know the difference okay. when someone's saying something that's hurtful or something that's constructive? Like, how do you know? And that's why we have the word of God. So now when people say things like the same kind of accusations that would have hurt me so badly before having, you know, gone through that season and written this book, man, would have would have just pierced my soul and made me question myself. Mm -hmm. And now it's like rubber, like I, a more spiritual way would yeah. say the, the armor of God. But it, it, it's you're so like protected <laughs> yeah. that it just bounces off. It has no place because I'm so protected. And I've had to learn in having the armor, in having the word of God, the shield and having prayer and having the sort of truth and, and, and being geared up mm -hmm. to have the armor before the battle comes. Yeah. Because when I wasn't geared up, when I didn't know the word of God and all and the battle came, I wasn't prepared and I was defeated. So mm -hmm. it's so important, even if you're not in the worst season of your life right now, yeah. it is so important to be in the word, gearing up, teaming up, being in prayer, being in the word. So when those lies come into your life, you already know who you are yeah. they their their names like you said have no power they have no hold because i already know who i am yeah. and when that conviction is so strong they can't take away what god has put inside yeah. um, but it, it it takes a lot of preparation before the battle too i think that's yeah. so good so um let's talk uh women in ministry calling yes. your story is so amazing um Thank and you. i feel like it can encourage so many people listening um, on the podcast. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, talk about, um, you know, how you were called to ministry and how that kind of fleshed out. And I love because your ministry is so unique and so yeah. creative and so you. It's just a beautiful expression of, you know, how God uses each one of us in our own talents, giftings, callings. And um, so share with us a little bit about that since I have an amazing woman in ministry in the house today. Thanks. You know, when you're living it, you don't realize it's unique. You know what I yeah. mean? And you realize that all of our stories are truly so unique. The way we got to a place of getting to 
tell the story of Jesus. None of our stories are the same. And we kind of all share that in common. (laughs) So that's kind of cool. (laughs) Like that's something we all share in common. Um, I was raised on the streets of San Francisco. My parents are recovered addicts who planted a church and urban outreach to the homeless, drug addicts, prostitutes, and pimps 30 years ago. And so that's how I was raised in church. Um, It was a different kind of church, um, certainly. Um, And, um, but it was very real. And it always made, I always knew being raised by a recovered addict and always seeing people being saved from their addictions and vices and their lifestyles on the streets. I always knew every day of my life that Jesus could save anyone and Jesus could do anything. Oh. So that wasn't something I had to learn later in my life. That's yeah. the thing I think people try to make me unlearn but that I've always known because wow. I was raised in it. Then on the streets, um, I learned like hip hop from all my drug addict homeless friends. Um, <laughs> hip-hop spoken word rap freestyling stuff they did in prison and they're now teaching all of us kids on the streets and that's how i fell in love with storytelling and poetry and the spoken word part stuck i loved doing spoken word poetry it's kind of for singers that can't sing and rappers who can't hold a beat (laughs) spoken word is the thing for you it's like five minute short stories that are memorized and told um real Mm -hmm. but dramatic and it's a performance art but it's like a sermon in five minutes you got to look it up it's very hard to explain um but it's kind of like a marriage between anna green gables and tupac like if you're (laughs) familiar with ann shirley and the great works of tupac if they had a baby it'd be spoken word and so i love doing spoken word i did all junior high i did all high school it was just something i loved it wasn't something i necessarily felt a calling to do i think sometimes we're looking for a lightning bolt and god is saying what's in your hand mm. i want to use what you like wow i want to use what you're good at That's i so want powerful. to use what you care about i made you and <laughs> all the things i made i want to use wow. and i think we try to overcomplicate yes. something that god so simply designed inside of us we almost despise it you know yeah like, like that's too easy like that couldn't be connected right like what there's no way that this God and creator would want me to have fun. (laughs) There's no way you'd want me to enjoy life, right? (laughs) Like it'd be crazy if I was doing something I love to do, right? But I just love doing spoken word. And and honestly, you know, since we're talking to other women in ministry and leadership, like my dad was a, one of the most powerful preachers I've ever heard. My mom was an incredible teacher. My sister was a rock star musician, worship leader who went on tour. Like my brother and his leadership skills, everything was clear. I was not that. Mm -hmm. I was a gap filler. I loved folding the clothes, handing out the food, leading an altar call if I had to. It was all the same. Whatever the need was, I would just do. And spoken word was not my ministry. It was my joy. It was my hobby. It wasn't the thing I had to do. It was the thing I did um, for fun. But I had a I already had a philosophy of being excellent at anything you did. Mm -hmm. Anything you did, you did with all your heart. So I worked very hard, was trained by many secular artists, competed in poetry slams and open mics. Then when I went to college, I got my degree in creative writing with a minor in theology and just trying to make this, you know, art excellent, this thing that I love to do, trying to tell stories in a timeless academic way, what I learned from my creative writing degree, as well as with my theology minor, trying to tell stories from the Bible, stories about God, stories about Jesus that were true and powerful can change lives, saying it, mixing all three of those worlds together to try to do a street speak relevant (laughs) spoken word kind of way of telling an academic timeless story about Jesus, trying to mix it all together. And I just loved it. And um, God used the thing I loved and enjoyed and just worked hard at that wasn't the cool thing and it wasn't the popular thing it wasn't the obvious thing he used it to point people to Jesus and the moment I saw people change their minds about Jesus at an open mic at a youth event at a conference through this art (laughs) um, 
that was it. Wow. It was just seeing that something I did worked. Yeah. Oh, this works. Well, I'll just do more of this until I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It was really simple. There was no lightning bolt other than me paying attention to what God was already doing. Wow, that's so powerful. I mean, if you're listening today, just paying attention. I feel like, you know, especially women in ministry or even maybe just, you know, you're trying to find your spot in life. Um, you know, just we try to overcomplicate it and we try to wrestle it through and we try to, you know, make it something that it's not. And I love what you said. Just be pay attention to like what you're already good at. Pay attention yeah. to what you already love and do more of it. Develop it. You know, do it with all your heart. It's not like, you know, God's just going to wave his magic wand and all of right. a sudden, you know, you have to work to, to be good at it. 100%. You know? But but to pay attention and, and don't try to, you know, wrestle through it. Like just become Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the problem with like the lightning bolt hope is that we want to see something external, something in the sky when the Bible talks about a light inside of us, mm -hmm. that we're the light, that Jesus' light in us shines brightly. Like he talks all about the inward and somehow we make it all about the external yeah. and we're looking for someone else to tell us what we're supposed to do. And if we were listening to the Holy Spirit and what he's already put inside of us, you would hear him clearly if you wanted to. And so I ended up traveling for four and a half years. Um, after graduating college um, it was a big step of faith I, I say it so quickly now as if like and then of course like I packed all my life into two suitcases and left and traveled the country and yeah. lived in guest rooms and hotels for four and a half years as people do <laughs> yeah um, it was horribly hard uh, incredibly lonely and the only thing I knew every day was that God called me to mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what he was calling me to I wasn't sure why I wasn't sure if it was going to work I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be able to pay my bills if I was going to ever have friends in ministry if this career would ever make sense um, I was embarrassed when people were saying, like, what do you do? You know, you're in a room of ministry people or artists. It's like, I, I do Christian poems for Jesus. Yeah. It's like, can we think of any cooler way to say <laughs> that, please? It was humbling and it was hard. And I never felt closer to God than I did in those years. Mm -hmm. um, and then during that time, I was hired to speak at a church where I met a pastor who was hot and single wow yeah very important <laughs> and um two years later i married him so we've been married for five years now mm -hmm. and just to wrap up my ministry journey but we've been married for five years i still travel so i travel the country now and i preach more than i do spoken word now okay. um i love doing both but i i just preach a lot more um learning to bring my stories from five minutes to 45 is truly it's an art with pastors can do yeah. like man wow <laughs> so talking so long um but I've loved that I have the best mentors and teachers and now um my husband and I are at our local church in San Diego my husband is a worship pastor and I'm a teaching pastor at our church so I teach 12 times a year at home and then all the other weekends I'm not home I get to be on the road at awesome churches like yours at conferences like this and um and I love it and it is still unique yeah. to be a spoken word artist yes preacher, pastor, pastor's wife, homeless ministry director. It is, um, it sounds like a lot of titles, but um, it's just this little girl still saying yes, like I did 10 oh, years ago, so um, to whatever he's asking me to pack up in my suitcases and go do. It's still that, and it's always changing. And the titles change, and the world changes. But me and my husband together now um, just say yes to what he's calling us to do in that season and so far that's been the best method to have 
so good. That's such good advice. You know, it, stop worrying about the destination yeah. or what you feel like it looks like. And just uh, what I love about you is just that authenticity of like you're a child of God and mm-hmm. you obey whatever he tells you to do. And you're along for like the ride and, and yeah. being obedient. And um, like, so tell me about that journey. Like, I remember uh, just a couple seconds ago, you said that the one thing that you knew that carried you through was that you were called of God. So if someone's yeah. listening out there, how would you define that for them? If, if, if they're like, well, how do I know that that's what I'm feeling? How do I know that? Oh man, that's such a great question. I think people even just asking that question is so important. Um, not ignoring the thing you wake up with in the morning and the thing you feel in your stomach when you go to bed. Even when I, as when I was a kid and I was like, I'm just a gap filler. I'm just a gap filler. All I do is just fill the gaps. Um, now, a few years older, I realize that like I am a gap filler. Mm-hmm. I am I am a gap filler and I don't feel it in a pity way or a woe is me way. I feel like what God is calling us to do is fill gaps with specifically who we are and with what we have. There's a hole in the world that is shaped like exactly you mm-hmm. and the world has a need that you can specifically fill. And anyway, so, so for me, knowing what God's called me to do has been a lot of paying attention to what I have and what the world's needs are. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is a huge thing. Um, And I would just say that all of us are, so two things. One, all of us are called to be gap fillers. Mm -hmm. Where is there a a hole? Like maybe there's there's a need in your family. You fill that gap. Mm -hmm. You are not just this, just a coach, just a pastor's wife, just like you are called to fill a specific gap that no one else can fill in that community at this time with this husband and this family right now. And so knowing that you're filling gaps, everything that I feel called to do is a, it's clear that there is a gap that God has opened a door for me to fill. Um, Once there's no longer a gap, I will likely move on. Like for spoken word, I love spoken word. I have the best coworkers in the spoken word ministry. There's a handful of other amazing Christian spoken word artists. And as I felt the call to preach more and be a speaker and travel doing that more, I was, I felt more and more free and more and more encouraged as younger spoken word artists were coming up, coming up. I didn't feel as much of a gap. I don't feel as much of a gap as I did when there wasn't as many Christian spoken word artists. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think being aware keeping your hands open and being willing for God to give you something and take it away, give you something and take it away. Um, knowing that all we're doing is filling gaps. All we're doing is trying to point people to Jesus. Um, again, your titles, maybe you have a lot, maybe you don't have many. They're just titles. They change. What's the gap that you're filling and how can you uniquely fill that gap? I'm filling specific gaps for certain friends right now, one-on-one. I'm filling gaps for certain families in our lives. We're filling specific gaps and I'm filling certain gaps at a larger level. And we're all just filling gaps and see what gaps God's calling you to do. I but I will say here's some of the enemies of you answering the call of God on your life. One is comparison. Mm. You will never answer the call of God if you're so busy trying to answer somebody else's call. That's so good. You're and, not there's not grace for it. Yeah, you don't have you can't do you can't possibly do it. Mm-hmm. And the enemy will have so much victory in you trying to copy and paste somebody else's calling or life. And maybe it feels like fine because you're doing something good you're in ministry but god is not using you at the full capacity he could use you if you were in your lane doing what he's calling you to do then the enemy doesn't need for you to like leave the church and hit rock bottom and never come to god again he's fine just distracting your vision to look like someone else you just can't fulfill the call of god on your life like he doesn't need for you to be completely destroyed he just needs for you to be distracted yeah and so we 
one of the enemies of you answering the call of God in your life is comparison. And you need to see who you're comparing yourself to. Why do you think you can't do it? Yeah. Is it because you're looking at a different child of God who is also called purposed from God to fill gaps? That's like right. we've got to get over comparison. That's we've so got to, there's not enough of us. God needs all of us yes. to say yes. So in a practical way, talking to women, like how do you tell them like to get over this? Like in an Instagram world. Yeah. How, how like what are some practical ways can you say like this will help you to stop living a life of comparison yes let me see if i can say this in like a gracious kind way okay. i'm like Even so over not, it that ahead. i'm like come I'm, on okay. come on um, <laughs> um but in a gracious kind way what would a sweet person say um <laughs> i honestly one thing that will help you is to think of if we're talking specifically to women in ministry and other women in ministry like looking at each other if we just keep it for women that are already followers of god mm-hmm. um change your mindset that they are not your competition but they are your co-workers it's so good you are working towards the same mission you have the same goal and if she succeeds you succeed yeah. we should want each other to succeed That's and right. if you are rooting against someone else hoping she doesn't get the worship leader position that she's auditioning for hoping she doesn't get the book deal she's praying for you if, what if god calls her you are working against god That's right. you're working against the holy spirit do you want to be held accountable That's for right. that i don't i'd rather just cheer on people and be yes. like lord i didn't stand in the way of nothing you wanted to do <laughs> like be careful you're not just standing in the way of, of what she wants to do you're standing with what god wants to That's do right. through her that's your co-worker and your mission won't be accomplished without her too that's right our mission won't be accomplished without all of us stop standing in the way the enemy doesn't even need to destroy some of us we're destroying each other that's enough. so good you know it's crazy at the heart of it is like fear that we fear like that if god has something good for you then he doesn't have something good in for me because he because god has a limited supply <laughs> in the whole bible we just hear god is limited god god has a limited supply no that is the opposite yes. of everything we learn about that's god right. and he, he goes from glory to glory he does he is exceedingly abundantly more he he's he's the, he has something new for you the next day like his mercies yes. are new every morning like god is okay. there is more for you um really it there, should encourage you when you see a sister get a breakthrough because you're you like should. wow if if he did it for her then like my breakthrough is coming absolutely so. and you know if god has called all of us there's not just there's not just room for all of us there's a need for all of us and we need to have a vision of you know this is not about me this is not about my calling or my moment this is the call we all have the same call of god in our lives we're moving the mission of jesus forward and we need to have a a perspective of like a spiritual relay we have a perspective of we're all paving this road together people yeah. paved roads before us now we're paving as well people will pave after us we're just trying to make the path from where people are to getting closer to jesus smoother and better and easier accessible like we are all in the same mission um so i just think like comparison would be a major like why why aren't you saying yes to the call of god in your life and activating your calling yes. i would say one of the greatest um, tools the enemy is using in 2019 today is comparison and and because he's so clever he's making comparison look pretty yeah that's good so when you're talking about like social media and stuff like of course yeah don't compare comparison but let's be real comparison is beautiful it has pretty filters it's in great square boxes it's really easily accessible on our phones and i actually love social media i think social media can be used as a great tool to show people more about jesus and tell people more of who they are so i don't villainize social media yeah. i think like anything in your life you have the power to do this well or to do this poorly so good. you can worship god or the 
the kingdom of the world with almost anything you yeah, have. That's right. But I do think the enemy has been very smart in making comparison something pretty, fun, and accessible. Think about how God created us in community and he created a beautiful world and the enemy is using some of God's favorite things, the idea of community and the idea of beauty mm. to create something for us that ultimately makes us look at other people's beauty Another and idol. compare other yeah. people's communities. He's using things that we were innately designed to want. Well, and he's so smart about it because I feel like when it was a magazine world, we we all be, became like smart to, oh, they photoshopped it or like that's just mm-hmm. not real. But like I feel like when you're going through social media, you're like, wait a second, like this person really is this pretty in real life. Do you know what Right, I mean? so, yes. So like he plays on that reality versus, right. you know. And now I mean? you're not just comparing yourself, like you said, in magazines to celebrities, keeping up with the Joneses. Now the Joneses are your neighbor. Yes. Now you know what everyone's doing all the time right. and you're comparing yourself to other people that have families that look like you or callings that look like you. And for many of us, our struggle is not comparing ourselves to the hottest new celebrity. Mm-hmm. It's comparing ourselves to people who are a lot like us, but we think yeah. are just a little bit better. So I, I, I would say to start thinking about other children of God and other people in the ministry as your coworkers, helping you with the yeah. mission um, and not your competition. That's so good too, because if you think about it, like we're all called to help each other. Mm-hmm. If you're always in a mode where you're comparing and you're like uh, maybe jealous or covetous, like you're pushing away other women who mm-hmm. are maybe further ahead of you that could really help you and what God yes. wants to use to bless you and come alongside of you to bring you up to the next level you're actually isolating yourself uh because maybe that insecurity or that threat and you're robbing yourself of a blessing ultimately you're right you're robbing yourself you don't win the enemy wins um that is not a victory for you or the kingdom of god yes so good well what else i'm sure you're like a wealth of knowledge so what other advice i'm mean, passionate about women and their calling i could share with you this verse that's really on my heart right yes. now i don't know how much time we no, have because i know it. i can just go <laughs> um but i know in a world like you're talking about a world of comparison a world of people maybe idealizing the calling or maybe being afraid because they have over idealized the calling or the platform or whatever um you know we all have a platform like we all have a platform maybe your platform is at home to your kids that is the leadership you have that is the voice you have we know we all have it and we all have leadership and you know we're all called so these are all things we share in common there's a verse that's really been on my heart for women in ministry these past couple of years and for so long i just said it to women actually and to and to guys Mm -hmm in closed doors behind the stage in green rooms but it's really my heart to share with people because I'm nervous that we are becoming so obsessed with the calling what it looks like what we're doing comparing ourselves I over idealizing the platform forgetting it's all about Jesus and not us that I think there's a reminder in scripture for moments like this and I, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Ephesians 4 1 this is Paul and he's speaking to the church of Ephesus but it's really to all churches Live a life that is worthy of the calling he has graciously extended to you. And I love that because for so many of us, we can feel like it's all about the calling. Like we can easily skip every other word in that and say, live a, li- live a life that's worthy of the calling. Yes, the calling. Like how do I live worthy? And for some of us, especially like I'm an overachiever. If you're listening on the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm Chinese. And um, <laughs> like I'm an overachiever. Like my whole life was all about getting A plus, A plus. Yeah. Like all the stereotypes were true for my family. <laughs> um, so it's like live a life worthy. How can I be worthy then? How can I be good enough? Mm-hmm. How can I be successful enough? How can I A plus this? So we can read this verse and think like we got to be worthy. And in an agreement with you, like I believe in hustling. I believe in 
being excellent, we work very hard, me and my team, like yeah. we work hard. But this verse is actually not talking about working harder and it's not even talking about, you know, having the right training or the right schooling and all those things are good. When Paul is urging this church in Ephesus, hey, I just want to make sure you know, like you also have to live a life that is worthy of the calling. He actually goes in to say, not work harder and not be more successful. He says, be humble. Oh, is not this the worst? (laughs) No, tell me how to get an A plus that doesn't involve me letting go of my pride. He says, be humble, be gentle, be patient. tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love and make every effort to preserve the unity the spirit has already created and i love this because it's showing us that the standards of the world are not the standards of the kingdom of god that's right this is not the same thing living a life worthy is not looking more excellent pretty filtered perfect um he's saying you want to live life worthy of the calling paul is saying are you living a life worthy of the calling you're praying for? Mm-hmm. Are you living a life with the kind of character that can sustain the spotlight that you're That's hoping good. for? <laughs> Who are you when no one is looking? The world wants us to spend so much time curating the person we want people to see. And God is saying, are you spending any time taking care of the person you are when no one is looking? So Who are you really? And so in this, be humble. Man, I know, I know it's easier I know it's easier to be prideful. I know it's easier to hold grudges. I know it's easier to have our ego. If we want to live a life worthy of the calling, we got to be humble. We have to be gentle. That word gentle, uh, in the word it was written in, was this idea of seeing God's will as sovereign. So, so if you knew God's will was sovereign and his his agenda was higher than yours, his plan was higher than yours, you would just be gentle to people mm-hmm. because you would realize you're not in control. Yeah. And when we are being rough towards people or aggressive towards people is because we think we have some kind of control so this verse is saying be gentle have a perspective that god's plan is better and be patient which is horribly hard um Mm -hmm. when you feel like god's timing could be a little bit closer to yours and people's timing could be a little bit closer to yours but this is saying be patient be patient with god people and yourself Mm want to live a life worthy of the calling you got to be patient tolerate one another in atmosphere thick with love you know we can't just be trying to out guilt people more than jesus guilts them (laughs) jesus gives them no receipts jesus gives them no condemnation and here we are trying to do what jesus tried to save us Uh, all from it's like we got to let go of that and then uh, i love this part and this is the part that i would share from my heart to every woman in ministry every woman that's a leader every woman that's thinking about it make make every effort to preserve the unity that the spirit has already created. Mm-hmm. And I love that this verse says make every effort because many of us, we want a trophy for making any effort That's at okay. all. I made an effort with this person. Yeah. I said some things, but I didn't say everything I could have said. Yeah, like yeah. we want all this praise. We want these badges of honor for making any effort mm-hmm. at all. And what Paul is saying is you want to live a life worthy. I'm saying you got to make every mm-hmm effort you can and then i love that he says to preserve the unity the spirit has already created it means we're talking about competition right we're talking about being against other women other men other people but this verse is saying by the way i'm talking about unity and you 
don't create it. Mm -hmm. The Spirit has already created the unity. The Holy Spirit, everything that God's ever done in history was about us being unified with Him and unified with each other. So you want to live a life worthy? You don't even have to create unity. All you got to do is not mess this up. (laughs) All you got to do is keep this together. So does that mean that when we gossip about other people, when we compare ourselves to other people, when we tear down other people, that we're working against the Holy Spirit? If you want to live a life worthy of the calling, we need to be humble, gentle, patient, filled with love, and making every effort we can to keep this unity mm. together. So good. We want to talk about calling. God wants to talk about being worthy. Wow. What are you doing when no one is looking to keep this together? Right. That's my heart for women in ministry, man. We want to talk about calling. I'll talk all day about programming, marketing. I believe in it. Let's use every tool. Social media, let's use every tool well. But God will open doors that no man Mm -hmm. can open when you are living your life worthy of the calling you have received. I know it with all my heart. That is amazing. That is so good. I pray that you are listening, taking notes, and being blessed by that. I love what you said, you know, that God, that we're, we're so busy working on the outward appearance when God wants to work in the character in us that we can sustain and walk in it. And, mm-hmm. and that's so true and so good. And like just golden advice for you if you're listening to, to stop worrying about when your next ministry gig is or when the next uh, platform is and the next microphone and just get in the word and say, Holy Spirit, like, let me let me work on me let me become who you've called me to be yeah and i think this verse is also an encouragement for people who aren't sure what they're called to or what the vocation is or what the exact job title is and this verse is giving us the tools to man even if you're not sure what the next move is or what the next ministry position is at least we have a template of how to live Mm -hmm. worthy so when the door does open you will be found worthy you will be find found prepared you'll be prepared for what he was preparing for you. Christine Kane says that if we get the spotlight before our character can sustain it, then the spotlight will ultimately burn you. Mm. It'll destroy you. So So here we are wondering when we're getting the spotlight and God is like, I need you to be developing character. I need for you to start working in these things because the calling I have for you is going to take so much patience out of you and so much humility from you. So I'm going to start developing you in that. Oh, you don't know your calling. You're just being... You're just being asked to be patient with your mom. Oh, you don't know your calling yet. You're just asking me to be humbled in this relationship. Oh, you don't, man, God is preparing you for something. Mm, he so wants, good. he needs you to have these things though before he makes that revealed. That happens sometimes and it happens a lot. Yes, that's yeah. so good. That is great advice. So any other advice that you'd like to give uh, women who are listening? What about, um, uh, so you you were single in ministry for a while and then transitioning into having a spouse in ministry. What encouragement would you give to the woman out there who is maybe in that process of waiting for uh, the next step? Maybe they feel like they can't go into the next step without that spouse. What What advice would you give to them? Yeah, that's really real. I think a lot of us go through that. And I think sometimes, you know, you're single and there's a transition to marriage. But then when you're married, it's like the transition to having kids. And then when you have kids, the transition to having more kids. And then so yeah. let's not pretend like, you know, these transitions end or that we ever make it to a place this side of glory. Yeah. I remember when I was on the road for those years without a husband, when I was single, just answering the call of God on my life. And I did have moments of loneliness. Sure, there were bold moments um, where I was like, I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> and then there was moments where I thought, is this it forever? Mm-hmm. I felt lonely sometimes. I remember one time I was staying 
with a family whose church I was speaking at that weekend and I was in their guest room on my knees weeping is is this it for me am I ever gonna have relationships whether it's a husband a spouse a team friends people who understand my calling with me like any relationships at all and I remember just weeping thinking like god I, I swear I thought you told me to do this but I'm so lonely and I was um reminded from God in that moment I'll never forget him just asking can this be enough for right now because it won't always be this way just me and you it won't always be this way can this just be enough for right now and I remember thinking like this can be enough for right now and it won't always be this way I'm just going to trust and believe that you know and so even when I you know met my husband you know during those times I mean I stayed single I stayed answering the call of God in my life knowing that no season will ever be this season so while I'm in it I'm gonna kill it kill it while you're in it kill it while you're in it and this season I'm just gonna be the best boss single lady that I can um and then when I married my husband that call it looked different but the call didn't change now that me and my husband are in ministry without kids can this be enough for right now? Because it won't always be this way. And while we're in it, we're going to kill it. And we're going to be the best Hosanna and guy in ministry, in the global church, the local church, in the street church, inside church, outside church that we can be. And then when we have our first kid, we're going to kill it while we're in it. And we're going to acknowledge that that will be enough. And it won't always be this way. So I think having a perspective of time and it always goes forward and it doesn't go back yeah. so in every season you're in I like to think of myself in a future version of myself yeah if I were to think back to this moment what do I hope Hosanna did yeah what do I wish she would have done in her teenage years what do I wish she would have done in her 20s when I'm older and I look back I want to think man she did everything she could she killed it while she was in it so think of yourself that way in a, in a future perspective what do you wish the single version of yourself would have taken advantage of in the yeah. season you're in it won't always be that way okay. and if you're married and you don't have kids yet or you're trying and you're discouraged and you're not sure what family looks like for you have a concept of what can you do in this season for other people what can you do in this season to grow in your faith because it won't always be this yes. way um enjoy God in these moments enjoy who he is and who you are in this way um I think that would be the thing I would say to single women to people in any phase of their lives that are are looking for the transition don't rush God because maybe he has more he wants to enjoy with you in this season that's so good I love that I couldn't agree with you more just that gift of um perspective really you know and what a gift that is to be able to say okay like this is what it is now and not be rushing to the next thing because you could you know it steals your joy it steals your peace it steals your purpose when you're always living like for the next thing the next thing yeah so. I think killing it while you're in it is yeah. is so important and I and that's something that I ask women that are you know 30 years my senior uh preaching and, and doing conferences you know what what would you hope that the younger generation would be doing because I don't I don't know what I would say yeah. and asking them like w- w- is there anything that you would be doing if you were my age right now having that perspective of like not for me to long for something other people have yeah. but to see what I have that no one else has and the same for women younger than me 10 years younger than me you know there's there's been people that I've been trying to speak into and help them with their speaking abilities and their perspective of ministry they're 10 years younger than me and yeah. saying here are some things you can do 
that I can't do. Mm-hmm. And then for women that are older than me, here are things they can do that I can't do. Here are things I can do they can't do. In any season you're in, you have tools and weapons and superpowers yeah. because of who you are in the season you're in. Yeah. And so it's important not to compare your season to other people's seasons, you can do a lot of things no one else can do and they can do things you can't do. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's good. So thankful that yeah. not all of the world's problems are on my shoulders because God's <laughs> called other people to other things. But I, I think that's important too. And I, I try to say that to younger girls. Here's some superpowers you have that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Don't see your age as something negative. See it as a weapon. Yep. Don't think that you're too young. See how you can reach younger people. Yes. And then women that are older than me always make sure that I keep that perspective as well. They make sure I stay with that kind of a posture of of knowing many have gone before me. There's things they can do I can't do. But for me to own my season, there's things I can do right now that I just need to kill it while I'm in it. That's right. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much for being oh on the goodness. podcast. Thank this you is for such having a gift uh, to have you here. And uh, we just honor the gift of God on your life. So such a blessing. Thank you so much. I hope I can connect with all the women that are listening. Excited to connect with the women um, throughout your church this weekend. Oh, and so I'm just good. so thrilled find me online guys i'd love to meet you connect yes, with you your, your handles and how they can find you if um if you want to watch videos of spoken word if you're like, what on earth was that short <laughs> story tupac anna green gables thing you mentioned um you can watch spoken word videos also full-length sermon videos on my website hosanna wong.com one s two n's hosanna wong.com and uh, follow me on instagram at hosanna dot Wong. There's a dot in between There's the dot. And Wong. Okay. Very important. <laughs> um, so follow follow me online. I put sermon clips as much as I can, just so that I can interrupt the scroll with yeah. truth. Um, so there's encouragement there. There's going to be some pictures of my cute husband as well <laughs> because amazing, I'm yeah. trying to give everybody what they want, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, follow me. I'd love to meet you in person, um, online, and all the ways. So good. Well, thank you so much. You're a blessing. We pray that you were blessed on the Mrs. Rev podcast. And until next time, we hope that you stay encouraged to do what God has called you to do. You're equipped, you're empowered, and you're going to kill it in this season. Amen. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. Once again, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a review and a rating. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.